Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday, August 9th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you back at my desk, back in my office here as we take a look at a 15-game card for Wednesday. Uh, Good to be back, hopefully getting back into rhythm, back into the swing of things here after a very difficult and trying week. Uh, for my wife and her family and myself as well. So uh, I'll see if we can get back to some semblance of normalcy here, get back to, you know, kind of being back in my routine. And of course, that does mean being back in Las Vegas. So we're back to the regular posting times with the article and the podcast. I know things have gone out a little bit earlier the last couple of days, uh, but flew back home last night to Vegas. So back with our regular schedule for the podcast and the article here again looking for that article somewhere around you know one or two o'clock eastern time podcast two or three o'clock eastern time somewhere in there try to get it out as quickly as i possibly can when we've got day games we do have a few of those here today uh, including one that is rain delayed between the marlins and the reds but again just trying to get this out as quickly as possible and of course things ramping up on the football side as well which is a good reminder that six days ago we released our college football betting guide. If you're not a VSIN Pro subscriber, you can't get the college football betting guide. So become one today. Get that college football betting guide. Get our NFL guide refresh, as we're kind of calling it, the last week of August, taking a look at some of the line moves that have happened, some more best bets from our hosts and writers and other contributors as we get closer to the season. So that'll be coming your way here the last week of August. We highly, highly encourage you to head to vcin.com slash subscribe. Check out the subscription options that are available. And of course, speaking of subscriptions, if you get one for YouTube TV, or if you already have one with Sunday Ticket now on that platform, get the Sports Plus package because you can watch vcin, our 24-7 live coverage of the Sports Betting Network available on YouTube TV as part of that Sports Plus package. All right, so let's talk about the Major League Baseball card here for Wednesday. Just going to run through the games, trying to get my bearings, trying to get caught up a little bit after being out of the loop for several days with that family matter 
that I was tending to. But we got a few day games, as I mentioned, one that hasn't started yet between the Marlins and the Reds, Johnny Cueto, Graham Ashcraft in that one. Looking to fade Ashcraft, although not doing it today with Miami because I don't think Cueto is all that trustworthy. And the Marlins, a much better offense against lefties than they are against righties. But when you look at Ashcraft here, 205 ERA in his last seven starts, which is spectacular, but a 472 FIP, 93.6% left on base percentage, strikeout rate under 17%. There are a lot of regression signs in the profile for Ashcraft. The, the stuff and the quality of his stats doesn't really seem to be that much better. Uh, he's just had better outcomes on the batted balls, better outcomes in those high leverage situations. So mostly wanted to say am looking to fade Ashcraft probably the next time out against a lineup that's hitting righties. Uh, probably will look to fade him, assuming that the price is right in that one. Another day game here up in Milwaukee, Colorado and Milwaukee. Chris Flexen going for the Rockies. Adrian Hauser going for the Brewers. Not really much to say about this one. The two teams have split the first two games in this series. Rubber match here in this one. Flexen, you know, he wasn't very good with the Mariners early on this season. He's made two starts with the Rockies, given up nine runs on 14 hits and eight and two-thirds. One of those starts was at Coors Field. One of them was not. This one obviously is not. But when you look at Flexen, there are some concerns about him on the road based on his pitching profile. So not really a big fan of him in any context. And frankly, it's hard to bet a lot of Rockies games these days because they're such a big underdog. But it's very hard to find situations where you feel like the juice is worth the squeeze in terms of taking them in those big underdog roles. And I don't think it is here today either. Adrian Hauser is not great by any means. 419 ERA, 453 expected, 420 FIP and 73 innings pitched. But outside of avoiding homers, most of his peripherals don't look particularly good. So maybe this could be a higher scoring game. But Colorado on the road, not always the most trustworthy of teams with that chorus field effect in play. We get to some night games now. We start with the Nationals and the Phillies. Mackenzie Gore, Michael Lorenzen in this one. Lorenzen and the Phillies, $1.90 favorite, total of nine in this matchup. And Lorenzen was great in his first start for Philadelphia. Wound up going eight innings. It was a very, very strong look for him. Two runs on six hits. Topped 100 pitches for the first time this season. Did have a start back in April where he threw exactly 100. Threw 101 in that debut start for the Phillies. But he's been really, really good here of late. Since the start of July, five runs on 19 hits in 31 and two-thirds innings pitched, 142 ERA, 280 FIP. Does have a left on base percentage approaching 86%. So that's a negative regression sign that I would be concerned about. But on the whole, this guy's pitched well throughout the course of this season. We'll see how he does bouncing back off of that long start. For Gore, 434 ERA, 498 expected, 440 FIP. Strikeout rate approaching 27%, but a double-digit walk rate, high BABIP, 18 homers allowed in his 22 starts. He's been you know better in his last two starts, five runs on 12 hits, but he really struggled in his first start here coming out of the All-Star break. So his last three starts actually have been pretty good for him, but the Phillies are hitting lefties well this in the second half here. They're a top-10 offense against Southpaws in the second half. Nationals much better against lefties, as we know, than they are against righties. And the other big thing to watch with Washington, not just today, but going forward, they've had three relievers, Kyle Finnegan, Jordan Weems, and Andres Machado, that have pitched four the last five days. So their bullpen, they're really using those high leverage guys a lot here of late. 
that'll be something to keep in mind as this series wraps up and as we head on towards the weekend. Not really much to say about this one, the Braves and the Pirates. You got Max Freed on the bump for Atlanta, Quinn Priester going for Pittsburgh. Braves about a minus 280 or so favorite in this game, total of nine and a half. Freed was really, really good in his first start back, six scoreless innings against Chicago. I think he struck out eight in that outing. Really, really good effort for him. Nice for them to have him back as well because, you know, they're running out guys like Yanni Chirinos and using a lot of their minor leaguers, A.J. Smith-Shawver and, you know, Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. Alan Winans made his debut. Uh, They've been really trying to cobble this thing together here as they've battled through some injuries. Could be without Ronald Acuna Jr. today. He left yesterday's game, got hit on the elbow by a pitch. So we'll see if he's able to come back and play in this one. They probably don't need him, so maybe a good opportunity to get him a day off. Priesters allowed 19 runs on 21 hits and 19 and two-thirds. Pitched a contact guy, but he's also walked 14 in those 19 and two-thirds innings. So the Braves probably have a pretty high offensive projection in this one. We'll see if Freed able to keep it rolling. Got a play for you in the Cubs and the Mets, so we'll skip over that one and head to the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks here. You've got Bobby Miller and Merrill Kelly in this one. Dodgers laying $1.30 on the road, total of nine in this matchup. And for Arizona, the free fall continues. They lost again yesterday. They've lost 18 of 23 here in the second half. They're 10 games back of the Dodgers now, and also they've dropped to 500, as I mentioned, first time since April 7th. So we'll see if they can avoid having a losing record for the first time since the first week of the season here. As Kelly, you know, he had a blood clot in his leg, missed about a month, six runs on 17 hits and 17 innings since coming back, 20 to five strikeout to walk ratio over those three starts against the Cardinals, Mariners, and Twins. So he's faced a couple of lineups in his last two starts that do strike out a lot. The Dodgers do not. The Dodgers work a lot of counts. They draw a lot of walks. Kelly's had some walk rate issues with the Dodgers in the past, although not all the same guys. And that's why I don't really look at those team versus pitcher statistics because there's a lot of turnover. Guys make adjustments. Guys do different things, stuff like that. But for Kelly on the season here, 321 ERA, 390 FIP, throwing the ball very, very well. But again, the Dodgers, always a tough matchup, almost regardless of who the pitcher is. As far as Bobby Miller goes, 426 ERA, 365 expected, 354 FIP, 63 and a third innings pitched. It's been a tale of three seasons, basically, for Miller. Really good in his first four starts, two runs on 12 hits and 23 innings. In his next four starts, gave up 20 runs. And then since coming back off the break, eight runs in four starts on 22 hits, 20 to two strikeout to walk ratio. So four really, really good starts, four bad starts, Four good starts again here now for Miller, who's faced the Mets, Rangers, Reds, and Padres in that span. Hasn't allowed more than three runs in any start, but he's had some trouble working deep into games. Took him 82 pitches to get 11 outs last time out. So we'll see if he'll be a little bit more efficient here against Arizona, uh, but didn't really see a good edge to be had in this game. I do really, really like Merrill Kelly, uh, but Arizona just playing so poorly at this point in time. A lot of their offensive numbers regressing to the mean, especially their offensive performance on high-velocity contact. And it's just tough to overcome that when you know your starting staff isn't great, your bullpen's not great. That's a team that probably could have and should have done a little bit more at the trade deadline to kind of help out the pitching side. But 
know, you also need to be realistic about your situation where, you know, you're not as good as the Dodgers. You're probably not as good as the Giants and no one's going to touch the Braves in all likelihood. So it made sense for teams like Arizona and Cincinnati. They're really trying to build up from within to not overpay for those prices at the deadline to get rental pitchers or anybody that was cost controlled or anything like that. So Arizona opted to be pretty conservative at the trade deadline, kind of paying the price for it a little bit, but their slide happened before August 1st. Let's move over to the American League, talk about a couple of these games, and then take a short break. Another game that just not much interest, really big favorite, Texas and Oakland mid-afternoon game, a matinee in the Bay Area. Jordan Montgomery gets the call for Texas. Austin Pruitt getting the start here for Oakland, but Freddie Tarnock will be the bulk reliever for the A's as Pruitt hasn't really worked all that deep. Uh, You know, he's just largely been an opener or been kind of a middle relief type guy, something like that. He's pitched well. 43 innings pitched, 335 ERA, 398 expected ERA, 432 FIP. First start for him since July 15th. Hasn't given up an earned run in his last nine and a third innings pitched, but Tarnock will be the bulk guy. He's given up eight runs on nine hits and 10 and two thirds at the big league level. Given up four home runs as well. 10 to nine strikeout to walk ratio. So I'd rather see Pruitt as the bulk guy as opposed to Tarnock. But for Oakland, Tarnock is a guy that has more of a future for them. He was one of the pieces in the Sean Murphy deal. So a guy that they really invested in in his success and trying to get him better. So we'll see how he fares here today against a really, really good Rangers lineup. Rangers have won eight in a row now. They got Corey Seager back about a week ago. Um, The trade deadline was good for them with Jordan Montgomery, Max Scherzer, even before that, getting a role as Chapman. So the Rangers very proactive at the deadline and the team kind of responding as they've been playing really, really well here. Montgomery. His usual thing, two runs, six hits, six innings. That's kind of the baseline for him. Really, really reliable starting pitcher, to say the least. So the Rangers in that big favorite role laying close to $3 should be able to take care of their affairs here in this one. I got a play on the Twins and Tigers. I got three plays for you and more on the American League and the interleague cards coming up after this short break on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very much appreciated for this and all of our VSIN family of podcasts. My good buddy Brad Powers joining Tim Murray to talk about the MAC, preview them for the upcoming season. We've been doing conference previews on the College Football Betting Podcast. Uh, we'll be rolling out the NFL Betting Podcast soon once again as well. Got a lot of good stuff for you. Danielle's Bet the W Podcast continues to go on as that season rolls along. So check out everything we have to offer there in our VSIN family of podcasts. All right, I thought it was a good time to take a break because I think this game is really intriguing, specifically the line. Houston and Baltimore, Christian Javier, Jack Flaherty in this one. Flaherty, of course, recently acquired by Baltimore, comes over and in his first start looks absolutely dynamic. One run on four hits over six innings, struck out eight and walked two against Toronto, looked really, really sharp. Not a big surprise. When smart teams acquire players at the trade deadline, they kind of have an idea for them already. They had an idea with Flaherty. They executed the plan. He pitched really, really well in that game. Now gets another right-handed heavy lineup against the Astros. So we'll see what he's able to do in this one. But a big uptick in swinging strike percentage. 20.7% swinging strike percentage in that start against Toronto. His, his slider was more of a cutter in that start. So maybe Baltimore manipulating the pitch shape or the grip, something like that but a really, really strong effort from Flaherty in his first outing as a member of the Orioles. But what really stands out to me is Baltimore laying $1.40 here with Christian Javier. So this is a really telling example of where Christian Javier is right now. 439 ERA, 472 expected, 450 FIP. 21 starts, 112 and two-thirds innings pitched. Strikeout rate is down over 10% from where it was last year. He's given up as many home runs, 17, as he did in 148 and two-thirds innings last season. So in 36 more innings last season, gave up 17 homers, has allowed the same number this year. He got shut down prior to the break. He came back. The strikeouts have kind of come back, 25 and 21 and a third. But he's allowed 11 runs on 12 hits, and he's walked 13 guys as well. Also, 47.9% hard hit percentage, 16.7% barrel rate in his four starts since the All-Star break. So it's not a good look right now for Christian Javier. The market kind of recognizing that with Baltimore in a big favorite role now, taking some money after this line came out overnight. It is worth noting Felix Bautista did blow a save yesterday through 30 pitches, 
may not be completely available, but still, I thought this was a really interesting line to showcase kind of what the market perception is of Christian Javier and maybe more telling what the market perception is here of Jack Flaherty. Got a play on Blue Jays and Guardians, so we move on past that one. And we go to Kansas City and Boston. Jordan Lyles and Nick Pavetta in this one. Jordan Lyles, the winning pitcher in back-to-back starts, although he hasn't really been great in either one of them. He's allowed 13 runs in his last 15 and two-thirds, but the Royals' offense has kind of picked things up a little bit here of late. They've been closer to a league average group. And Jordan Lyles finally getting a little bit of run support, which really wasn't the case in the early part of the season. But that being said, he still has a 624 ERA, 495 expected ERA, 535 FIP, and 118 and a third innings pitched. So Lyles is definitely having a difficult season, to say the least. And that's continued, but he's had a little bit more fortune in terms of some run support here in the bullpen, not really failing him as much as they did earlier on in the year. Nick Pavetta gets the call here on short rest for Boston. Probably go three to four innings. He's on only a, a three days rest here after pitching on the fifth. So he's off on the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Pitches here on the ninth. Now, Pavetta was dominant May 21st to July 25th. As a reliever, he was spectacular. And since he got removed from the full-time rotation back on May 15th, I think it was, 258 ERA, 312 FIP, and 52 and a third. But his last two appearances here, he struggled a bit. Six runs on 11 hits. Did have 10 strikeouts against the Mariners. Wasn't quite as sharp against Toronto last time out. So we'll see what he looks like here. But not much interest in Pavetta on short rest or Lyles at Fenway Park, which could potentially get really, really ugly. Yankees and the White Sox. No starter listed yet for the Yankees because they're not sure if they will send out Luis Severino, if they will push him back, if they will use an opener. But it's been ugly for Severino here of late. 14 runs on 15 hits in his last seven and a third innings pitched. Five or more earned runs four times out of his last six starts. He's been about as bad as it gets. 354 BABIP, 21%. Home run to fly ball percentage. He's given up 17 homers and 13 starts. He's been awful in the first inning. So the Yankees, not really sure what to do with him. So we'll see what they come up with here for a plan today. The plan for Chicago is Mike Clevenger. 372 ERA, 459 expected, 474 FIP. Clevenger's made two starts since coming off the IL. They were both against Cleveland. Four runs on 10 hits in 10 innings. Most books don't have a lineup for this, although we're starting to see some creep in out there with the Yankees minus 115 or minus 120, total of nine in that one. Three interleague games to scratch the surface on here. Don't have plays in any of them. Cardinals and the Rays, Dakota Hudson and Jalen Beeks getting the starts respectively here. Rays about a $1.55 favorite, total of nine and a half. And of course, the Rays getting some very bad news yesterday that Shane McClanahan's season is over. Uh, Very, very unlikely to pitch the rest of the year. I would presume that he's just absolutely done. So you add him to the list with Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen. Springs and Rasmussen will also miss most, if not all, of next year. And you hope that the Rays don't have that same situation with McClanahan. They're just MacGyvering everything together right now. Outside of Zach Eflin and Tyler Glass now, you're getting Zach Littell. Uh, They picked up Aaron Savali from Cleveland at the trade deadline. They're just trying to figure this thing out. But I will say they've won six of their last eight. They've kind of figured some things out here after a rough patch, especially on offense, throughout the month of July. We'll see if they can hit Dakota Hudson here. 
Um, Hudson, you know, he's a guy that fell out of the out of favor in the rotation. Now he gets another chance with Montgomery and Flaherty, both traded a guy that's arbitration eligible next season. So these are important starts for him. He's gone 93 and 94 pitches in his last two appearances. So he's basically up to being a starter through seven innings last time out and actually pitched pretty well against the twins. So we'll see if we can follow it up here today against the Rays. Beeks has spent some time in AAA, 627 ERA, but a 373 expected ERA, 413 FIP. Uh, he hasn't worked more than two innings since April 17th at the MLB level. So this will be another day for the Rays where they're just going to use pretty much everybody. Um, no interest in this game, kind of a messy game. Also, I don't really trust Dakota Hudson and never really have. So he may be a guy I try to fade a little bit as we go forward here, maybe with some overs or something, since the Cardinals still have a good offense uh, despite trading away you know, most of their good pitchers. The Giants and the Angels. We got Ryan Walker opening here for the Giants. It'll be Shohei Otani for the Angels. So their situation is much more cut and dry. For the Giants, Walker will start it. 252 ERA, 254 expected, 375 FIP. He's been really good this year. 12 starts as an opener, 12 innings as an opener. Four runs over those 12 innings on 12 hits. He's been good. Tristan Beck has been really good. He's the freshest of the long relievers that the Giants have. 272 ERA, 332 expected ERA. Sean Manaya also in the mix. I think Beck will probably follow Walker, or maybe they use Manaya to cobble together, you know, five outs, something like that, and then go with Tristan Beck. But either way, the Giants will be kind of patchworking together their plan once again. The Angels will not be with Otani, and the Angels are a clear favorite here, minus 130, minus 135 with a total of eight. Otani, you know, his last two starts, he hasn't given up a run, 13 straight scoreless innings, but in the three starts prior to that, 15 runs on 18 hits and 16 and a third did leave his last start because he had some cramping in his hand. So we'll see if he's able to avoid that here today as look, he's got 506 plate appearances, 124 and two thirds innings. The angels are riding him really hard, but you know, he's the best player on the planet. So I guess you might as well do that while you've got him. So no play in this game for me, but I'll be curious to see if Otani can make it through this start without having to exit because he's had some cramping and some some other soft tissue injuries here of late. The Padres and the Mariners, another debut for Seattle and specifically another debut from double A. Emerson Hancock gets his debut start here today. Brian Wu on the injured list with forearm inflammation. That's never a good thing, but it's about Hancock today. 44 starts at the double A level so far this season. 432 ERA, 409 FIP and 98 innings down in Arkansas at the double-A level. Does have 107 strikeouts and will miss some bats, but also 9.2% walk rate. The Padres draw a lot of walks against righties. This profiles to me as the kind of start where Hancock's maybe okay, but it takes him 90 pitches to get through four innings, something like that. So I think it's very tough to kind of project him in this one. Also in double-A this season, he allowed nine runs twice, eight runs once, and six runs once. So when he's been bad, he's been really bad. When he's been good, he's been pretty good. So we'll see what he looks like here in his debut start up there at T-Mobile Park. You Darvish, 441 ERA, 365 expected, 410 FIP. Four of his five starts since the break have been pretty good. One of them was not. He gave up four home runs and seven runs to the Pirates on July 24th, but... 
two good starts back to back here against the Rangers and the Dodgers. So seems like maybe he kind of stabilized a little bit and we'll see if Darvish and the Padres are able to take care of business here today in a pretty big favorite role. They're about a dollar forty, dollar forty five favorite out there against Hancock and the Mariners. All right, three plays for today. Let's rattle through these. I'm on the Cubs again today. Cubs a short dog now based on some of the betting action with Kyle Hendricks on the mound against David Peterson. Uh, look, few things here. I mean, first of all, you know, I talked about it earlier in the week. There's great incentive for the Mets to tank. You know, they need to get a top six draft pick so it doesn't get pushed down the board. They need to be as bad as possible, and they're certainly working on that. You got to give them credit. They have a plan. They're doing what they can to execute it. I just, I'm not a big David Peterson guy. 565 ERA, 475 expected, 437 FIP. Does have a 363 XFIP, but he's largely been used as a reliever lately. The Mets have a very shallow bullpen now with some of the trades and some of the injury losses that they have. The Cubs have been much better against righties than lefties in the second half, but Peterson's a guy that, you know, will have walk rate issues, will give up the long ball. The Cubs have some guys that hit for some power, so I, I don't mind this matchup for them. For Hendricks, the market never really likes Kyle Hendricks. 398 ERA, 412 expected, 417 FIP. Does have a low strikeout rate, but also a very low walk rate, 3.6%, 264 BABIP in his 14 starts here this season. His left on base percentage is 63.3%. That should be on the rise. Hendricks is a very crafty guy, typically does a good job of stranding runners. He's allowed three or fewer earned runs in 11 of his 14 starts. Cubs bullpen is in fine shape. They're just more invested, more engaged. And the goal when you're trying to either be a playoff team or be in the playoff hunt is to win series. They have a chance to win the series today and take two out of three. I think they're just more invested in it. So the Cubs, as a short dog here, minus 105 over at DraftKings, you can find a few cents better out there, even some even money plays uh, with the Cubs over the Mets. Next up for me here today is a total, Twins and Tigers. And yesterday on the Twins, Sonny Gray struck out 10 over six innings, but the Twins not able to hit Eduardo Rodriguez. Today it's Bailey Ober and Alex Fiedo in this matchup here between these AL Central rivals. Fiedo's first start since July 23rd. The numbers aren't great, 580 ERA, 481 FIP, but I think the stuff is better than what his numbers have showcased. Came back and threw six innings, gave up just one hit against the Padres in his first MLB start since uh, July 7th, which was on July 23rd. So, you know, got sent down, had a start at AAA. They're trying to monitor his innings a little bit because he's a guy that's been hurt quite a bit throughout his career. But he gets swings and misses. He's got a 36.2% hard hit percentage against. I think he's a low-key, pretty good pitcher. And the Twins, despite the fact that they've been so good against righties here in the second half, they have a 30% strikeout percentage in that split. So I think they're a negative regression candidate offensively against righties specifically. 356 Woba, 130 WRC+, plus, but they're striking out 30% of the time, have a 350 BABIP, I think their offense will slack off as we go throughout the rest of the second half here. And, of course, for the Twins, Bailey Ober on the mound, 321 ERA, 376 expected, 383 FIP, three or fewer runs allowed in 15 of his 18 starts. He's been quite good throughout the course of the season. Twins' bullpen is in good shape. I think Fiedo's got a pretty decent shot at pitching well against the Twins here today. So under 8.5, even money, the second play for me in that Twins 
and Tigers game. Finally, we stick with that AL Central theme, Toronto and Cleveland. Kevin Gossman and Logan Allen in this one. So the Jays have done nothing offensively in this series against Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams. However, those two guys are right-handed. Logan Allen is left-handed. In the second half, Toronto against lefties, 404 WOBA, 162 WRC+, 12.6% walk rate, highest slugging percentage in the league at 534 in that split. I do not like this matchup for Logan Allen at all whatsoever. His last four starts, he's faced the Pirates, Royals, and White Sox twice. And remember, Cleveland sent him down to try and monitor his workload, make him more efficient with his pitches, and then Shane Bieber got hurt. So they had to bring him back up, and he's faced you know four or three pretty bad lineups in that span. Now he faces a lineup that has mauled left-handed pitching in the second half, bunch of right-handed hitters for the Blue Jays. I really like their offensive projection here against Allen. 12 runs on 20 hits and 24 innings since getting recalled. I would expect Toronto to be very good against him. And I would expect Gossman to be good against Cleveland. I mean, I also think that maybe Jose Ramirez's suspension result comes down today and he winds up not playing in this game. That would definitely drive this line up a good bit. Even if he does play, they're still missing Josh Naylor, who's one of their better hitters uh, against everybody, but especially against right-handed pitching. They just, they don't, they don't capitalize on mistakes. They don't take advantage of location mistakes from pitchers. And I think that's something that, you know, some teams have occasionally done against Gossman. He's given up a little bit of hard hit contact at times, but Cleveland's just not the offense to do it. And the Toronto pen is in good shape. You see Kikuchi threw deep into the game yesterday. I just think Toronto wins this game and wins this game comfortably. So Blue Jays minus one and a half on the run line at even money at DraftKings. You can find plus 105s out there if you shop around. But the three plays for today, got the Cubs behind Kyle Hendricks at a short dog price. Got the Twins and the Tigers under eight and a half. And then the Blue Jays on the run line against Cleveland, minus one and a half, even money or better. So that's what we got for th- for Wednesday. Thursday, we'll have some more day games. We'll try to get this out uh, as quickly as I possibly can. Just about every game in the American League is a day game. So we'll try to get this out quickly tomorrow with the article and the podcast. Article Monday through Saturday, podcast Monday through Friday. And again, head over to vcin.com and check out the subscription options that are available with all of our upcoming football coverage. So I'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow on vcin daily baseball bets hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.